I'm a call, see you on TV, sunset done change Ever since we was on, I dreamed it all Ever since I was young, they said I won't be nothing Now they always say congratulations Worked so hard, forgot how to vacation Holy, here we are again. I know it's, it's really weird for me to be doing this many of my own podcasts this close together. Um, but here I am, like I promised, another one coming the following week. So I literally just put the other one out on Monday. Uh, and this one, if all goes well, it'll either be up tonight or tomorrow at some point, because it's looking like I got a short day at work, so I'm going to try and accomplish a few more things and, and uh, get some stuff done. But uh, yeah, I'm back, and I'm back because, of course, with a lot of stuff that goes on with me, there there's things that I need to talk about, and I really wanted to get an episode in. Uh, I just felt I needed to record something uh, on the last show, so that's why that one happened um, as quick as it did and just like that. And then this one is the one that I really want to concentrate on a couple of things that I got coming up. Um, and of course, a uh, very near and dear friend to the podcast and to myself, uh, Rick and gone bananas. Uh, they're about to have a race at the hardwoods, uh, the gone bananas challenge. I believe it's the second leg of it. Uh, but we'll get into all the details here in a few minutes with Rick, of course, cause he's joining me right now. Uh, but to, yeah, tonight we're going to talk about that. Uh, I'm going to get Rick's opinion on the latest snafu from uh, a young, young, young gentleman uh, racer that, um, from what I'm gathering over the last couple of days and doing some reading, uh, has a habit of having a temper tantrum and being uh, quite vulgar on the driver's stand for such a young age. Uh, yeah, so we're going to get Rick's opinion on that. Uh, of course... I don't know if you guys have seen it, but in the news, uh, looks like Vanquish Products as well as STRC have dropped Hobby Co. as one of their distributors. Uh, STRC was pretty um, forthcoming with information, so we'll get into that. Um, and that's just some of the stuff we're going to talk about later this show. I'm hoping uh, another good friend of ours and who's going to be the first local featured RC racer, uh, Joel Wiggins. Hopefully he shows up. Uh, after we talk to Rick and we'll kind of have the same discussions with Joel, uh, talk about his racing, uh, how long he's been doing it, that kind of stuff, you know, and, and give you guys a little bit more of a peek into my friends and my little RC world. Um, and then of course, you know, I might even talk a little bit about my YZ4SF build. Um, I'm building another drag car. I have no idea what I am doing. I'm spending more money than I make. I kid you not. This damn hobby is going to put me bankrupt again. Yeah, I did it once already. Don't, don't, let's not go there. But uh, without further ado, I'm going to introduce you all to, and if you don't already know him, the man behind the bananas, Rick Seffrud. Thank you for being on with me again, Rick. And Happy New Year's. Um, yes, Happy New Year. Hopefully everybody had a good time. So. Uh, I know I did. We literally went out and partied on Friday night. We went and seen Theory of a Dead Man on Saturday, which really I should open the show with Theory of a Dead Man now thinking about it. Uh, and then Sunday, of course, was New Year's Eve, and we partied like 30-something-year-olds like we are. Actually, it kind of goes from like, I think I'm almost the youngest. No, I am the youngest. I'm the youngest, and I think the oldest is like, geez, got to be pushing 50. So cool. we got a nice assortment of age in, in the group that I hang out with. But yeah, I had a great New Year's, so hope you, hopefully you did too. Yeah, we all went out to eat, um, my son and his wife and her parents, and 
We had a good time. So great. Love hearing it. Yeah, and a big but, uh, congratulations to Eric. I haven't seen him since he's been a married man. This, is he coming with you in, in two weeks? Yep, he'll be uh, coming out. So Right on, right on. He's going to ride out there with me and my wife and his wife. So Oh, excellent. That's good. That's good. Holly and the girls are going to be there too. So Cool deal. Yeah, yeah. Super looking forward to it. But So let's get into the details. This is the second leg of the Gone Banana Racing Challenge, right? Yes, sir. All right, second leg. Looking forward Looking forward to coming out to the hardwoods. Um, Kevin's got the RC sign up. Um, got about 125 entries, I think, already. So yeah, kind of set goal there. Yeah, which is Pretty which is awesome and also daunting at the same time for me because you know yours truly decided to volunteer to. Um, Race Direct, pretty much the entire show. Now, the good news is I got a good friend, listener of the show, Josh. He volunteered to say that if I need a break quick, to, if he's available, he'll fill in. I know Kevin had told me, uh, I believe it's Tom Tanner, is going to do the races when I'm racing. Um, so it sounds like we'll have all the bases covered. I'm kind of uh, I'm nervous and anxious, but I'm excited at the same time to do it. You know, I have been behind the mic at, you know, 120-plus entry races, so I'm not too worried about running the show it's just it's been a little while since i've had that much responsibility on my shoulders plus my own racing program so that's why i'm going to be there friday early and that way i hopefully don't have to mess with my cars and it's not like jeff is jeff stanford coming too yeah him and a couple other guys yeah so i'm laughing jeff's driving out and um joe seafelt's coming out so yeah i was just talking to him a little while ago there he's coming out he was bugging me for my t5m setup so i gave it to him Joe, I can't promise it's going to work a lick for you, but it works for me. So uh, that, that's the only warning I give people when they ask, hey, can I get the setup for me? It's like, listen, I'll give it to you, but if it drives terribly, I have nothing to do with that. <laughs> Sometimes uh, guys uh, look for a setup from other people. I think you got to kind of set a car up to the box kit, stock setup, or the, what comes with the kit, and just fine-tune it from that. Maybe go up in oil, heavier springs. Um, not everybody drives like uh, Ryan Cavallari or Brian Kenwall, Eric Suprud or Eric Jensen. So. <laughs> you know what? I'll, t- I'll say this. Jensen's setup on his car, the way his car feels when I drive it, f- is the way I like my cars to feel. So, And that's the nice thing, what, what makes it comfortable. When somebody hands you their radio and you burn a couple laps on their car, and then you go, oh, okay, I can actually drive this, because this is very similar to how I want the car to feel. And yeah. that that's what I searched for. when I knew how well my B5M drove for me, so when yeah. I set up the T5M being the same you know, same class of vehicle, everything's the same, I said, okay, yeah. well, I'm just going to put my B5M setup on my T5M, and it worked. Now, I, I tweaked it a little bit for the fact that it's a stadium truck, so I, you know what I mean? But nothing major. Yep. Like, for the most part, yep. the, the ground base setup is the one that i was running on my b5m so cool work for me not saying that's going to work for everybody else but that worked for me my x-rays are running pretty good i'm pretty pleased with the results um running that winter series out at star collectibles in muscatine iowa yeah Um, i was gonna ask you about that because man those cars look pretty good for you yeah they fit me pretty well um i had that new year's um Eve that race up before New Year's Eve out there and had a good turnout. We had like 80 entries, so that was a good time. Yeah, no, that's great. And of course, that that facility, I want to get back down there so bad. I had such a great time with those guys, and you know, the track in the facility is just 
Next level. I don't care what anybody says. It's a nice little nice little bull ring. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a lot of fun, that's for sure. What I really want to go and try and race with those guys is the semi trucks. Oh. <laughs> they look a little top heavy, but them guys are getting them around there. Oh, I love it. I totally that's what I want to do. I want to race one of those. <laughs> for sure. It should be a class up there with um Casey. Well, if they could jump, we probably would. I know, I know, I know. Kevin's been uh, messing with the the idea, and I know he's done a couple races. I think with with the the setup, like the track setup, where they can do both off road and on road. Okay. So I, I love I love that idea. Uh, as long as it's you know what I mean, done right and efficiently, I, I think yeah. that's an amazing idea. Myself. Mark, you used to do that too once in a while. You know, set up a pretty easy course where you can move the jumps on and off with less short amount of time and race on road and yeah. go back to off road so well and, and i seen somebody had uh, had posted about setting up a, a track similar to that i think maybe they were talking about the new one down at bfg uh okay. battlefront gaming uh about how to set it up where they could run both on the same night but i guess the on road's too busy for it but the guy had suggested basically that they were using like color-coded tape on the jumps so it was pretty simple to go back out and put them in the same spot every time. So the track was always consistently similar. Um, I thought that was, was a pretty good idea. Though. But yeah, I, I really hope uh, that the B, BFG there finds a little more success for the off-road guys. I know they're struggling. They haven't had quite the turnout uh, they anticipated from the local guys, uh, which to me is truly a shame. If you're local to that place and you have a, 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 a two-wheel drive or you know four-wheel drive buggy or anything off-road, you know, bring it out, try the carpet. You know, support those guys. They they made the effort to put the track in, and um, you know, I know they're not allowing any kind of pin style tires or anything like that on it because they run on road. They don't want the the carpet uh, getting kind of yanked at. Yeah. So. No, Charlie's got a good track over there. Um, I was a little disappointed with seeing that wasn't getting the turnout myself. So, um, people come around. I hope. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I got my mom texting me, folks. And, uh, yeah, you definitely want to answer your mother's or you can get in trouble for that. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, no, they they did they, they have a nice facility down there. I'm really hopeful that I can get down there and, and run with those guys. Uh, but just it's it's so far, so much further down. I know it's not ridiculous, but it's uh, close to, I believe, like a five-hour drive for me to get down yeah. there. So. It's a bit of a trek, and if I'm going to do it, there's more than likely going to be a night stay involved because you know, ten hours of driving. Eh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not that crazy in a day. Kind of draw the line of, at seven. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's kind of like that when we leave to go down to Star Collectibles too. Um, we got to leave about 5:30 in the morning, then we don't get home until like 2:30 in the morning. Oh yeah, that's a long Sunday term. morning. That's a long day. Yeah. The last. Yeah. The last hour driving, man, it just kills you. Yeah, that last hour and a half there, it's like you you kind of say to everybody, okay, everybody wake up and sing me a song or do something crazy. Keep me distracted from the fact that I'd rather stare at the back of my eyelids instead of actually at the road. <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing I, I, I dislike when you're the driver and everybody decides to crash in the vehicle. And then so you're sitting there by yourself and you're like, well, if I turn on the stereo or turn the radio up, then they can't sleep. And then am I being an... An ass if I do that, or am I making sure everybody's life is safe by staying awake? So what do I do? <laughs> you know, you 
You get left with that decision to make. Wake everybody up or let them sleep. Hmm. I don't know. Sometimes uh, just shut your eyes for 10 minutes. Even if you had to pull over and let the rest of them sleep, it still makes a difference. Oh, absolutely. I've, I've done that. Anytime I get tired like that, I pull over, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes. Usually enough to get, uh, you know, back on the road and going. And, you know, I know a lot of people say, well, it's not really resting. But if I feel alert and awake, then I feel safe that I'm not endangering everybody else. So, yeah, we're nuts driving all that distance just to play with toys. (laughs) It's fun, though. It is. And that's the best part of it. And that's why I'm looking so much like looking so forward to this coming uh, uh, January 19th, the Friday practice day. And then January 20th, the actual race day. Uh, I'm totally looking forward to it because it's going to be a good time and I'm going to get to see a lot of guys I don't get to see often enough. So I'm super jacked about that. I'm getting quite a tire order. I'm getting tires boxed up for the guys that are sending me messages and picking them up there instead of sending them. It'll be a little cheaper for them. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and, and that's <laughs> That's the other thing. If you're hearing the show, and that means I'm going to do my damnedest to put it up tonight, so that way it's there for everybody tomorrow. But if you're hearing the show and you need foam for that race because you're going to it, you best get a hold of Rick ASAP. Don't pull a me and send him rims that will probably get to him either Saturday or Monday. Because uh, <laughs> probably Wednesday I'll stop doing tires and start packing, yeah. getting things lined up. So I just hope the weather's fair it's really nice this weekend coming up but i don't know about next week yeah i hope so too i definitely want nice weather for everybody having to travel and you know speaking of you know stopping production on wednesday for for anything that you got going on to start packing and stuff like that how's the business been going how how busy you been there big guy well i've been uh moving a lot of tires i cannot believe it um the indoor carpet tires are just going out the door um, my first sample of drag foam should be here next week, so oh, I'm right looking on. forward to that. So, well, and and you know what you just did there? You actually did me a favor because see, we have some Facebook questions, and a lot more of them uh, led to you. And I believe that was Coy Roberts was asking any drag racing foams available right now. So, there's your answer, Coy. Hopefully, you were listening carefully. But uh, Rick there is going to have his first sample of. Uh, a, a new a new formula from Excuse a, me. It, you're good you're good that that one's coming from a different place right because the last place kind of stopped having it yeah um they kind of pulled the plug on me um so i'm working with another company um like i said first sample of drag foam will be here hopefully next week or the week after um I'll, if it comes next week, I'll just look at it, but I probably won't be able to have it mounted. So yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, that answers uh, everybody's question because I know there's lots of guys clamoring for for some more of that uh, drag foam because that stuff is awesome. And um, I'll be doing uh, speed run tires again this year. I'm pretty confident with the new glue I'm using um, and the new foam I'm using. So. Um, it's cut better. Uh, there ain't so many uh, water jet marks in it, so it should adhere, adhere to the rims better. So right on, right on. So despite Let's all get- just despite all the crap talkers and guys that beat you up last year, you're you're saying I'm still gonna try again. I got I got um, good faith in it this year. So. Awesome. Well, and and I I trust your judgment on stuff like that. I don't. 
I don't question it. I know you always got the best of intentions when you're doing stuff, so can't wait. That's good. So we'll see some more. Uh, maybe we'll see some uh, more records set with your phone. I hope so. That'd be awesome. I want to give a shout out to Roy from uh, Ed Draps. He did some banners for me. He did an awesome job. New logo. So I'm stoked. Yeah, I met. Funny enough, I met Roy last year at this at Casey Spring Fling. And my wife and I had, you know, just finished checking in, and I see these guys roll up in this big old suburban-looking thing, all totally wrapped out. And I turn to my wife, I'm like, man, do you know what that probably costs to do? And she goes, no, why? I'm like, well, he's got to own a business or something like that, because it says edge wraps all over it. I said, it's it's got to be. <clears throat> so sure enough, I ended up meeting uh, Roy later, because, you know, Roy, to not be outdone, rolled an entire, like, snap-on-style toolbox, like, workbench <laughs> toolbox, <laughs> in to have his pit set up and i know there's pictures of it floating around i'll try and find one and and post it on the the mbm podcast uh page for you guys or even on my personal page but uh it was something impressive so i got you know talking with roy and stuff like that and you know i said hey you guys don't look over at that truck with the green grill and judge any of the carbon fiber wrapping on the things i did that i have no idea what i'm doing i was just messing around and of course that uh sparked a conversation and you know come to find out that i had to pick some of the hardest smallest things to wrap in the world so uh to learn on so that's always good at least i know i like to learn the hard way um but yeah i got to got to talk to roy and stuff like that he's a really cool guy and his business edge wraps uh he does some amazing work i've i've seen some of it it's uh amazing to say the least um so yeah check him out edge wraps our buddy roy yeah he's said uh there's gonna be tons of stickers for everybody um Five inch, uh, three inches, and some other stuff. So, oh, right I'm on. Pretty stoked about the whole deal with him. So, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. If they're, yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah, Roy, like I said, Roy's an awesome guy. So that's good to see that uh, he's uh, getting you all set up, and everybody will have some gone banana stickers. Pretty sweet. You see, uh, Jeremy Dre. Dre? Wants to know the shore rating on my phone. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of laughing at that when he posted that one, and all this hit in my head. I was like, yeah, right, Dre, as if he's going to tell you that. I don't know. It's, I want to say it's about 35, 32, something. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. There, there's a little more that goes into it, though, than just the shore rating. The shore rating, if I'm right, is just kind of like the, the squishiness of it, right? Yep. So, yeah. I've been using the same phone for carpet tires for... Um, over 15 years, um, this new, uh, they were going to stop making it, and I begged them to continue making it. Um, so this foam I got right now is a little fresher than what I've been using. So Okay, okay. And um, I'm pretty much guaranteed for seven years of this compound, so I'm pretty, pretty happy about that. So the good news is you have time to find other suitable replacement in case. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to probably still stick with the same compound because it squares yeah. really good on on the black carpet and the gray ozite. So. <laughs> I love it. I, I, there's questions and, and stuff still coming in. Uh, well, let's tackle another question, actually, from Aaron Klein. He wants to know, when is the visit to Illinois, Rick? Um. With Mark uh, losing the building they we were running last year, I don't know if uh, the third leg will be in Madison. Um, 
There's a track down in southern Illinois called Old 51 Raceway. Uh, set up in a bowling alley, kind of like uh, hardwoods. Um, I got to make a trip down there and check it out. See if it's going to be big enough to host my last race there. So I'm still working on details of that. Right. Um, I'll know more next week. So good. I'll well, make the announcement there where the last race will be. Okay. Unless there's an extra track in Michigan that could go to or northern Wisconsin, but yeah, I don't. I, I yeah, that sucks. I can't believe I would have. I would have thought you guys would have found something by now. Yeah, I posted a question on there tonight, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's it's one of those situations, right? Especially for you guys, it's it's. Um, yeah, you got to find the right place, the the right dollar value, a landlord that's pretty easy going, and just the, the right combination you- of things. When you're dealing with buildings, you, you got to find the owners of the buildings and talk to them, not the brokers. The brokers, they're just there to collect all the money they can for these buildings. Well, that's it, right? So when you talk to the broker, the broker goes, no, no, it, it'll be like, uh, you know, $3,000 per square foot. <laughs> yep. It's like, yeah, okay, so but much you, for that. But, you know, we paid like $1,400 a month for our, the spot we were at. So that was pretty cheap for a big warehouse. So. Yeah, now that you say it, that is really cheap for the size of the building you guys had. So, well, I think we're still looking. So, But I'll have to make a decision here of what to do with the last race of my three-race series. So I often wondered if that was ever going to happen to me. So guess it come true you know what the worst part is, is did you ever think it would be your home track that would be the one that you'd have to find the replacement for <laughs> no <laughs> no the thing is with marka usually we never have to look for a building during the winter time we usually start looking for a building in august oct- during the early fall so then we kind of got caught with our pants down there yeah yeah no definitely Uh, what's the next question? Uh, what else do we got here? A bunch of people talking about uh, tater tantrums, so maybe we'll get into that. Um, so long story short is I am friends with a track owner located in Southern California called SDRC. For those of you who don't know who that is, uh, his name is Travis Brock. He was most recently at the CRC RC, uh, race that just happened this past weekend. Um, and I just happened to be scrolling Facebook and I seen a post of his and, and it's, it's a pretty long detailed post. He didn't come out and name the racer. Um, but however, anybody that's had any experience or raced recently, uh, amongst this group of people that, that race, which I'm talking about some of the bigger names and stuff like that, um, or some of the bigger races for that matter, um, have met him. I, I believe at one time he actually had an altercation with Spencer Rivkin. If it's the same one I'm thinking of, um, you know what I mean? So I believe he does go by Tater. Um, I, I'm not 100% sure on his last name. I believe it's, I don't even want to say it. I'm not going to. But anyway, uh, I, I'm reading Travis's post and he's talking about the fact that this person is, you know, jumping and, and hollering on the driver's stand and, and swearing and kicking at other people, other drivers' cars and, you know, just going on and on and on. And, and I come to find out that he's talking about a 10 year old. 
So a lot of people kind of said, well, maybe this isn't the, the social media isn't the forum for this or, uh, <clears throat> you know, maybe you should have spoken to his parent. And then, of course, a lot of people went in there and said lots of people have spoken to his father and he's done nothing. And I don't disagree with what Travis did at all. I don't disagree with the fact that, in my opinion, no matter the age of the person at the track, if they're at a level that he's at, as, as talented as he is, um, there's no excuse for it. And when you have a child that's doing that at that young of an age and a parent isn't addressing it or fixing it, you have to look at the parent at that point. And, you know, anybody can say what they want to say, shots fired or, you know, I'm taking shots at the guy. No, that's my opinion on it. I have a 10-year-old daughter, and when I take her places or she's doing something, she doesn't act at a place like that. And, she, and if she does, I step in as a parent and, and deal with it. And that's my opinion on it. I think that no matter the level, he needs to be taught that that's unacceptable. And if he's not realizing from his dad, who is a racer and a chassis-sponsored racer, from my understanding, if he's not doing it, like his dad's not doing it, then maybe he'll realize that when other people are talking about the fact that it's not proper to do it or he shouldn't be doing it, um, you know what I mean? Maybe that'll get him to realization. But my worry is, is that he's so young that if he continues this way, he's going to flame out really quick because nobody's going to want a driver that's like that. Yeah, you know? very true. <laughs> no. So I'm, I'm just, sure you've been to enough races. Have you been to the races where there's that, that kid that's pretty good, but when you see him at, uh, at the pits with his parental units, it's kind of like, wow. Yeah, they're totally different characters. Um, I don't know. If he acted like that at, at the RC track, he must act like that in school too. So that, I just think uh, if you're going to – Parents got to at least set some boundaries, you know, got to treat everybody with respect. Can't be kicking people around, or kicking cars. Um, and I'm sure he wouldn't like it if we did that to his stuff. So, Yeah. Well, and so, you know what I mean? So that's my kind of beef on it is just like, <clears throat> I, I'm, I don't, I don't agree with anybody who says social media isn't the place to call him out, talk to his parents or be mad at his parents. No, I'm sorry. When, when a kid's allowed to do that in public, there says something that's going on at home. And, you know, a few people have posted that, oh, if his mom was there, she would have nipped it right in the butt. Well, I'm sorry, again, I'm doing one of the, are you sure? Yeah. Because if he's acting like, I'm telling you right now, he acts like that all the time. He doesn't just do that at the track. Because if he's comfortable enough to do it at the track with his father there, you know he's doing it other places. And, I'm again, I'm being very judgmental, and I really probably shouldn't be, but that's just, that's the way I see it. So I'll just... Yeah, <laughs> I'll leave. That I didn't way. follow the whole story. I just heard, heard about it, some of the clips on Facebook, but I don't know. I guess you, people should treat each other the with respect and well, and, and that's it. And, and you know, I believe Matt Olson even commented on it. Matt Olson is you know MIP Matt Olson, right? Um, he's a great guy. You know, I've had a few conversations with him. He's always been you know very polite and and straightforward. And even he said it 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 was pretty awful how bad it was. So says a lot when you have two people like that and again there are two people in in rc right now that are doing rc the right way travis is you know with the sdrc situation he's you know hammering it out he's got a, an amazing facility from everything i hear he, he makes it a little better all the time um you know so it, it's yeah it's a shame it's a shame and then today again scroll in the facebook as as so many of us do you know how how that works right uh, yeah. I, I scroll past this post from vanquish products 
Um, and basically the post goes on to say that, uh, you know, they hate to, to inform everybody, but it has come to a point where they need to uh, sever all ties with Hobbyco. And to basically let any other customers know that are waiting on backordered product via uh, Tower slash Hobbyco to get a hold of them. And um, they'll do their best to get them all set up. So that leads me to the next thing that I find out. I get a message from another uh, friend on Facebook, uh, a Mr. Uh, Rotoron, sends me a message to say, hey, check this out. Um, and it's a link to the uh, STRC page. And sure enough, they have uh, a post in there pretty much breaking down the same thing, that they're severing all ties with Hobbyco. Uh, they've tried nonstop. They've tried everything in their power to get a hold of them and try and straighten out the fact that they owe, uh, Hobbyco owes STRC in the sum of $23,000 and change. Wow. Yeah. Um, and they posted the invoices and how far uh, post-dated some of the stuff was. And like we're talking about three months plus on some stuff that they owed for. Um, and it's a real shame because, you know, uh, Ron pointed out to me that the, the biggest issue, never mind the fact that Hobbyco is losing distributors left, right, and center, or distribution left, right, and center from companies. Uh, but this overall infects, affects the hobby in such a way that it's um, not good. You know, the price of things have to go up in order to account for $23,000 in product they'll probably never see the money for. Yeah. Um, you know, so it has a lot of downwards trickling effect that it could affect a lot of us. And, and seeing this happen with Hobbyco makes me think, are we at a point, you know, a lot of us think that the hobby is getting better and becoming more popular, but is it? That's the real question, because with something like a place like Hobbyco basically going under slowly but surely, is the hobby really growing as much as it, we perceive it? I don't, I don't think so. I think um, you're starting to see a bunch of these companies, though, you can go right to their website and buy direct from them. You yeah. might not get the dealer count discounts or tower hobbies discounts or whatever, you know, but... <laughs> It kind of hurts the whole industry. Well, and and that's just it, right? Um, but yeah, it it kind of concerns me seeing stuff like that happen. It's slowly but surely happening. You know, I'm 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 amongst people that have been affected by Hobby Co's inability to pay their bills. That's why they didn't get their shipment of EB four tens. So that's why Great Plains didn't get their shipment of EB four tens, which is why places like Casey hobbies in St. Agnes that I get all my kits from didn't get my pre-ordered kit. True. You know, and, and what upsets me about that is ideally everything should have worked out and I should have had the car basically the week before racing started in October, October, November, I decided to pull the plug. So then I waited December, almost another month before I got my YZ four SF. So I lost three months because, you know, sure, I could have got uh, an EB410 from the second batch. I could have used, kept the B64 that I won, uh, which, shout out to Star Collectibles for that thing. Um, another racer now has possession of it, and he's making it work. <laughs> he, he, does not, he does not want me building any more cars that he buys, apparently. <laughs> I'm not going to know. I'm not going to lie, I rushed through that one pretty good. And, and you know, these, these fangled new shock pliers that I have, apparently you can put the screws on really tight that hold the pistons on. Oh, no. Yeah, Norm was not too happy about that. But I have MIP drivers. It's not my fault. Blame MIP for making such a damn good driver that I can put it on that tight. My bad. <laughs> MIP tools are awesome. Dude, 
I don't care. You know, I know a lot of people have seen the posts on Facebook where they say, oh, I want to buy some tools. Give me the best brand, but don't break the bank. And then, you know, people post MIP and stuff like that. But, man, those are expensive. It's like, yeah, but hang on. Go buy that $35 set, and when you bust the tips off it and you spend another $35, you could have had the MIPs and been still rolling. Yep. So just yep. spend the money the first time. And I know for a lot of people, it's like, oh, man, it's a lot of money. You're right, it is, but it's worth every penny. And if you're going to be in this hobby for any extended period of time, just buy them. You won't regret, yep. you won't regret it. I need to add some more to my, uh, my, my staple. That's for sure. One day uh, I was out working. I was shaving down these uh, industrial Allen wrenches. I needed a 2.5 ball down, you know. I had to shave them down for their as narrow as an MIP. And I said, guys, I can give you a website. You can order these 2.5s, fit a quarter-inch drive driver, and you'll never break one. And they actually uh, used a P-card and ordered some, and them guys just love them. <laughs> Put their industrial equipment together, our vaporizers, you know, so... See, look at that. Not only an RC, but MIP. I do, and, and the best part is, if they do mess one of them up, you can send it back to MIP and they'll put, like, they'll fix, they'll, they'll regrind it yep. for you. So you don't even have yep. to be the, the adventurous type. So yep. that, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, they're pretty good. And one more thing about MIP, they're making a ball diff again for the Tamaya Frog. I'm going to get my... First RC car back out on the on the carpet. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really awesome. So, uh, let's see here. Oh yeah, Jeremy Dre wants to know what kind of beer do you drink if you're coming to the freakout he's buying. Root beer. <laughs> root beer. You hear that, Dre? Find the fanciest, best tasting root beer you can. I have been drinking quite a few years, so. That far from home, I don't know if I want to drive and drink, drink and drive. Yeah, when I when I'm not when I'm not at home, I kind of limit it to like one beer. You know what I mean? So like when we were down in in Iowa there, and we all went for dinner, I had one beer and waited till we got back to the hotel, and that's when things got out of hand. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Joe. Joe was talking about that the last time we were down for <laughs> New Year's Eve race. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was rough. We all decided to go to bed, and the next morning we're all sitting at the racetrack looking at each other going, oh, whose idea was that? And Joe, like, he barely talked the whole day. He was so, I felt so bad for that poor guy. <laughs> what were we all thinking? <laughs> so, yeah. Good times, good times, good memories. That's that's why I like this hobby so much. It's why I like RC so much. It's just, it, it's I've had so many great experiences and so much fun with it, so. Yep. Um, oh, I was going to bring up uh, the 17.5 class. It looks like it's going to be huge at the uh, Gone Bananas race at the Hardwoods. Um, yeah. I'm going to do uh, no weight limits on the 17.5 buggies. It's going to be blinky mode and 17.5 motor. There you go. <clears throat> but for the most part, most guys are going to be on, on weight anyway because uh, I know a lot of places have been sporadically checking to make sure everybody's at weight. So, but the good news is I'm, if you don't know how much your car weighs, you don't have to worry. Cause I'm not going to check it. And I'm, I'm just going to let the rules 17, five and blinky blinky. And that's a, I don't yeah. want to add a hundred grams to my car. Well, I don't know, man. If, 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 
my car really liked the 104 grams that I had to add to it. Like, really liked it. So, I'm just saying, I know it's a real pain in the butt to add 100 grams, but if you ever really get bored once, Rick, it's worth a try. I'm just going to say that. Something tells me, though, you'll be able to put weight on it a little more efficiently than I did because, you know, I literally went to Canadian Tire, which is like a... I don't know. Do you guys have anything like a Canadian Tire? Uh, we have pretty good-sized lead weights. Charlie had some pretty good-sized weights there. I put some weight in mine at his first race. Um, I ended up taking it out after I sold the car, you know, and I never did put it in the new buggy I built, but... Yeah. Well, so anyway, I ended up going to the Canadian Tire and I bought like a piece of like sheet metal you'd use to fix like a body panel on a car. Okay. So it's not overly thick. And then I used my tin snips and I, you know, cut it to, to diameter and I painted it so that way I could lay them underneath. So like yeah. I got I got the lowest ones underneath the electronics. Like I peeled the electronics up and restuck them down after I stuck okay. the plate down. Okay. And then I added another plate on top of that. Oh yeah, there's a whole. It's all low weight. And pretty much centralized in the buggy. That's the beauty part. I was so worried about throwing off the balance. Okay. I didn't want to change the way the car drove. And when I was done, the balance was still the same. It was still the same split between the front and the rear. So I wanted That's to cool. try and get more up front, but I couldn't. So whatever. I had to take what I had. But, um, no, I just wanted to put that out there. Um, I had a couple people asking. I'm to, I just... Leave it open. So there Just is no sure. minimum weight. You don't have to worry about being weighed for the thirteen for the seventeen five class, and I'm assuming that'll probably roll into the thirteen five class for the buggies as well, uh, the four wheel drive buggies. Um, I don't have a thirteen five wheeler, so oh, if right. they want to weigh them, they can. I'm going to race mod four wheel drive. So right, I forgot about that. Yeah, okay, that's good. Um, I do have that thirteen five rotor run drag motor i could get um and i think you're sending me a motor too yeah they'll be the the original evil empire 13.5 is in the box with the rims coming to you cool um i asked michael for another orange uh 10.5 my stadium truck that thing's a rocket now seems like it just finally came to life huh i wonder i don't know thing is fast Faster than it was last year. I don't know. I love my stadium truck with a 13.5 in it. It's just, it's so, to me, it's it's great. Like, I don't think I, I don't get me wrong, I probably could have more in it, but for the majority of the size of the tracks that I drive on, even the hardwoods when it's at its size, there's really no amount of gearing that I can't find for it. Yep. I think what yep. I'm going to try and do is put a fan on it. That way I can turn some boost up on it. <laughs> <laughs> in the ESC. Put some turbo on it. That's the only place that I added it last year when I was running it with the old setup. I put turbo on it at the tail end. Okay. Motor, motor got a little toasty, but it moved. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time up at Casey's last race. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I, I can't but, um, wait for that this year. That's a two-day event this year. Really? Yeah, he's, <sighs> he's running heats on Saturday and then main starting Sunday morning. And then we'd have to be done by two o'clock. I hate driving home. And well, I think Sunday that's what his goal is: is is to try and get to to try and get through three sets of qualifiers on Saturday, and then start mains first thing Sunday morning and allow bump up. So that way, you could still have that option. Okay. So would they do a last chance qualifier Sunday morning? Then you'd have to be there pretty early. Yeah, I think the idea to start Sunday is at 9 o'clock. 
I don't know. I'd have to ask Casey, see what he feels about that. That's his deal. Yeah. Let's see. That's kind of an interesting concept. Uh, I've been to a couple of races like that. Uh, Trackside had a couple of races. You raced on Saturday and all the mains were on Sunday, but that's only like a 90-minute drive from my house, so that wasn't so bad. But when you're driving four or five hours, it just gets killer, especially seven hours up to Casey's. So that would be about six hours to the hardwoods too. So I took a Thursday, Friday, and Monday off, so I should be good. Yeah, that's a, yeah. Isn't it crazy when you're taking weeks off of work to to do something you just started doing on the side? Yeah. <laughs> I ended up taking two days off between Christmas just to get caught back up on tires, man. I was down to like 12 uh, associated offset wheels and stadium trucks were down to almost nothing. I, Holy crap, I better take a few days off and work. <laughs> oh, oh, so that's a question for you, because you do so many foam. What stadium truck tire has the most, or the least amount of offset? What do you mean for backspacing? Yeah, so I want I want it to go as far into the arm as I can get it to go. Like, you know uh-huh. how, like, the T5Ms, they're, the, the nut's pretty far in, because yeah. how cl- so... Do you, off the top of your head, can you think of? Um, the low seat rim would really push the wheel inside onto the axle. The black RPM uh, revolvers would push the wheel in just about as much as the low seat wheel. Yeah, eh? Okay. All right. We'll have to talk more about that. I'm sure everybody is just kindly listening to what is Matt. You guys know I'm working on one of those no-prep cars, so. What you could do, though, I could take a... A 2.2 wheel and just narrow it way up, cut the inside out, and just still have the like a buggy front, but you could get a 2.2 wheel to look good. Yeah. Because RPM still makes the revolvers that fit the rustler and stuff like that, and in a chrome, that'd look really sharp. So. Yeah. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. For I sure. I think Tim Smith must be running a. A short course style wheel on the back of his. Um, I think he's running a, a well on his no prep car. He's running. He has a couple of different sets of tires, but I know he's so far he's happiest with the stadium truck tires on the rear because they're okay. closer to the scale aspect that he's looking for. Okay, they're a little fatter. Okay, not as tall because that's the only issue with the 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 short course tires is that they're taller, right? So yeah. I th- I don't the short course tire. I think um, J Concept maybe should change that rim for that look of a car. So, well, I know I J just, Concepts they offer a rim that's like you can have three D printed, but okay. they're like it's forty dollars a rim. Wow, yeah, it's not cheap. I know. I just I just did some three D uh, rims uh, short course style too for a guy, and I was surprised how well sturdy they were. Huh. I wonder. I wonder if those. I wonder if those were the ones. I think they were Starcraft. Hmm. No Shapeware. Shapeways. Yep, Shapeware. Yeah, Shapeways. Yeah, those might have been the J Concept rims. Because okay. that's that's how you order them. You order them through Shapeways. Because J Concepts has like a a store on the Shapeways website. Okay. I bet you that's what they were. Well, that's good to know that they're sturdier than than you would have thought they would be. 
Yeah, I was looking for them to be a little more flexy, and they're pretty durable. That's good. It seemed like the glue, the glue held on to them pretty tight too. So. Yeah, that's that good. So Hopefully I. The, go ahead. Oh, another another thing rolled in here about twenty minutes ago, half hour ago. Uh, it's from Mike Sanders. He says, "Tell Rick hi. We'll see him in a few weeks in Muscatine." And he goes on to say, "Matt, uh, do you think?" Uh, do you think those Yokomo cars? Whoa, Matt! What do you think of those Yokomo cars? They seem to be gaining momentum in the states. Um, so far, I love my Yokomo cars. Uh, I know Jeff uh, Stanford runs Yokomo as well. He really likes them. Uh, I believe Barry as well uh, down in the Iowa area. He runs Yokomo cars and really likes them. I, I I'm happy with them. Uh, I haven't driven the YZ4SF yet, but so far, just kind of starting the build on it, it's. I'm sure I'm going to like it. Um, and I think part of the reason why we're seeing them catch on more in the States is because now they have a really strong, like a lot stronger presence in the States. Um, you know, with guys like Mayfield um, and like that running Yokomo cars now and going and winning the Worlds with them, they're going to catch on. They're, people are going to want them because they're world champion cars uh you know bringing on joe pillars from kyosho that was a huge move on yokomo's part so i I think that's going to be huge another driving force to have a team manager like joe um who really puts everything behind it when he does it which and that's what i'm gathering from the short time that i've been following him on facebook uh since he's become the the team manager for yokomo um so yeah yeah. i was i was really shocked when i heard that there's trouble that just walked in The power supply for that thing. Joel Wiggins brought me my power supply for my server because, you know, that's been down for over a week. Mike's going to love when I fire that thing back up. It's going to pull data all over. So I think what we'll do real quick is we'll take a break. Joel's got here. We'll get him situated and stuff like that. And uh, Rick, just in case, are you going to stay around or are you going to are you going to? Yeah, I'm going to hang on a minute. I wanted to talk about the Yokomo. One more one more question. Well, no, go ahead. No, no, no. We'll do the Yokomo thing. That's fine because that's what Uh, we're talking about. Down at Raceham, uh New Year's Day race, my son, he uh, broke his uh, x-ray buggy, and uh, Alex Walter had a Yokomo car, and my boys drove, got to drive it, and he said it was just like cheating. <laughs> it was that good. So, on dirt. <laughs> dirt. Really, so. eh? Yeah. I like it. I, I think, yeah, I haven't had, you know what? I shouldn't say I haven't broken anything. I broke a hinge pin. A well, hinge right. pin. Okay, I'm not sure how you... Sn- now, I know it's 3 millimeter like diameter, so it's not like thick like some of the other ones, but I snapped a 3 millimeter hinge pin. I didn't break the arm. I didn't tear up the pills that were holding it in. I just snapped the actual hinge pin. I just, I just wonder if that's where it was fused together when they make them long lengths of steel. Oh, maybe. You know, I was told that that's not the first time that he... Because uh, I sent it to Randy Pike, and he actually told me it's not the first time he's seen it. Yeah, so I was, I was it's pretty... happened on other cars too. Sometimes you can just buy three millimeter drill rod and cut your own. So, well, that is one option. Or what you do is you go down to the hobby shop like I did, and you find the first thing that's twenty seven point five millimeters long and three millimeters in diameter, and it turns out to be a team associated titanium shock shaft. Yep. And you buy it, and you go and put it back in your car, so you don't have to run an old school B five M. That you have, <laughs> yeah, it was all bad. It wasn't, it yeah. wasn't horrible, but it was all bad. It was so different of a car, so. Yeah. Uh, nope. But yeah, 
All right, so we'll take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back after this short little whatever you want to call it. I guess a break. break. Ugh, don't mind me. I'm tired. <laughs> we'll be right, I'll be back. right back. Yeah. Gone Banana Racing Skins, foam tires for any application from custom builds, 10th scale, 8th scale, X-Max, drag racing, you name it, Rick will wrap it. If you have something in mind, reach out to him on Facebook at Gone Banana Racing Skins and have a chat with him about your project that you have in mind. Rick is a great guy with a great business, and he's willing to help you get the foam tires that you need in order to make your race program the best that it can be. That's why at Gone Banana Racing Skins, they strive to give the best to their customers that they can. Gone Banana Racing Skins, doing custom foam tires that others just won't do. I wear a 36 long, white is my color, a little tight in the shoulder, but you know still fit me good. I wear a 36 long. White is my color, a little tight in the shoulder, but you know still All right. mean good. Can see a, a 36 long. Like, those pants would be so damn long on me, it'd be ridiculous. <laughs> like, that's just how tall that mother effer is. Like, I'll tell you what, we actually went to see those guys, that's why I had to play something from them. I'll play something more at the end of the show. They're a good show. You know, a lot of people complain that, oh, they were just here like two years ago, and I'm like, end like the last time they came they were good and i'm pretty sure and this time they were good the only thing that really sucked was the bar service from kuwaitan it was faster for me and my buddy to go from where the and the dream makers yep all the way over to the casino bar yep and get our drinks and come back it always is and the nice thing was is the bartenders are really cool in the casino uh-huh. and they're normally not supposed to sell any more than two drinks to one person they were selling me and my chum six packs and putting them in the, like the little six pack holder. That's cool. Yeah. So of course we go flying by everybody with you know six beer each, and everybody like, where'd you go to get those? And we're like, casino bar, peace, <laughs> run back in. But uh, yeah, they're they're a good show. So if you get a chance to see Theory of a Dead Man, go see them. It's well worth it. And well, tickets weren't expensive for us, so I'm not complaining. No, it's fairly. They're, they're pretty reasonable over there. Yeah, the promoter actually kind of I guess somebody, of course, complainers, right? kind of said, you go ahead and you book these big acts that you guys want to hear and pay $150 for a ticket for a venue that seats 1,500 people. Because that's the problem. It's not a huge place, yep. right? So, um, yeah, they'll be back. I know they, they said they were going to be back. So Yeah, I know the I know the promoter. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, he's, man. He's pretty cool. You know, and then everybody's like, oh, I can't believe that you, you got uh, Pop Evil to come, but it's on a Wednesday. It's like, that's the date they yeah. gave the guy they, at a price. He the, gets them decent deals. Um, cause these bands are traveling through from one yeah. place to another. Yeah. And if you can get them to stop through on a day that nobody else wants. Hey, it, and it just worked out. Theory ended up getting the night before new year's Eve, which is a Saturday, which is great because like, I'd love to go see pop evil, but it's a Wednesday. It's the middle of the week and yeah. I'm not taking a Thursday off to go see pop evil. Come on. You can hack it. What? Go to the concert and then go to work. Yeah. Oh, hell no. Oh, come on. I'm past that. I'm past that. I'm way too fat for that I, I, crap. I couldn't do it. I'm too old. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm, dam- I'm damn near getting too old, and I'm definitely too fat for that. Because, see, I like to drink still. You're, how old are you? 33. Oh, come on. You're just a pup. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Ten years of flipping what? cases all day, though, man. That wears on you. Uh-huh. That wears on you. Yeah. I don't know how some people do it. Like, you know, I, I, I know a few people that are, you know, in their 50s. Uh-huh. And I just look at them some days and go... 
where do you find all the energy? Like know. my kids wear me out. I can't. I can't <laughs> hack anymore. I still stay up way too late. But mm-hmm. yeah, I did that last night. I said that to my wife today. I'm like, okay, so when I have to be at work for four thirty in the morning, yeah, nine o'clock has to be bedtime, not ten thirty. That's when all the good shows are on. I, though. But I don't even watch TV anymore, though. No. I I spend more time on this stupid thing, uh-huh. which I'm holding up a cell phone for those of you that wonder. I spend more time on this stupid thing. On Facebook, looking for things, looking, you know, trying to just stay up to date on what's going on because I try and stay off it as much as I can while I'm at work, unless I'm really yeah. no. I, I call it, and, and it's thanks to another pot, local podcaster friend of mine. He calls it, uh, Robin calls it the I don't want us. So when I get the I don't want us really bad, I sit in my truck and I'll look at my phone because it only gives me about two, three minutes before I'm kind of bored of scrolling. And then I'll go back to work because I feel like I'm missing out on the world. Yeah. I hate social media for that. You know, my chum said to me, why don't you just get rid of Facebook? I'm like, if I didn't have the podcasts, I would. I probably would just get off of it and, and just be done with it. Because then I don't have, feel like I'm losing my life to it. Because that's... Lot, there's a lot of drama on Facebook. <sighs> Isn't there? I think it's funny just to scroll through sometimes and see some of the stupid crap people post. Well, so, you know, I had already discussed it with, with uh, our bu- good buddy Rick here about the whole... Uh, tater situation. So what I'm going to do right now is is I'm going to go back and I'm going to read Travis's post. Oh, I already read Travis's. Post. I know, but I'm going to read it for everybody that doesn't have All it. Right. Um, and again, this is he posted a video with it. Um, so check the video out if you want. It's Travis Brock. Again, he's the owner of SDRC, located in nice Southern California, mm-hmm. San Diego. So he goes today. I saw the worst attitude in this RC that I have ever seen. This kid was rude to everyone, calling people names, kicking people's cars on his way to Marshall, jumping up and down, screaming on the driver's stand, and punting people left right, left and right on the track. The kid has talent, but had the worst attitude in our hobby and no respect for anyone who races with him. Here's a clip of the weekend, him jamming up the stock aiming with a car with only three wheels. Video starts with him at the top right taking out the yellow buggy and proceeding to stay on the race line, jamming up the entire field. This is our current Roar National Stock Buggy Champion. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if that didn't give it away for most people, everybody knows he's talking about Tater. Now, Tater is the same young dude that got into it with Spencer Rivkin. Now, all counts being at that race, Rivkin was in the wrong because of the way he came off the track and jumped back onto the track. And there was that whole schmazzle. You remember that thing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I didn't realize Tater was that young. Yeah. That didn't didn't correlate uh-huh. to me back then until I really started reading more about this and looking into him. And I, and I understand he's a very young, he's a young kid. He is yep. super young kid. But if Alex did that at a race, would he get away with that, Joel? No, we'd pack up and go home. Yeah. So my, <laughs> my bigger concern. In I've, that, d- I've done that with Dale. I, and that, and that's it. And that's kind of why I wanted to have you on. Cause I know you've had these moments with your children because children can be difficult. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. They can be, they will try our patience at time. And I know how, as a parent, you do your damnedest to make sure that your children behave like respectable people in public and at anything, never mind RC events, anything. And like I was saying to Rick earlier, I really feel like this is more than just his fault. And everybody's saying, oh, don't blame him. No, no, no. He's as much as fault because, listen, if you're going to p- participate in a, in a hobby and be as skilled as he is at that level, you should have a bit of an understanding of the people you're around. Because you're not around a bunch of 10-year-olds. Mm-hmm. You're normally around 20-something and young 30-something-year-olds that are very talented in this hobby because he's that good. And oh, that's the reality. Is, he is very good. Um, this situation should have been taken care of 
years ago when it first started, started happening. Because this isn't this isn't the first time. It's not the second time. No. It's not the thirtieth time. Oh, and I figured that out within <laughs> the first like seven comments uh-huh. on that post. Uh, I know I know people that have that have raced at his dad's track and uh they said they have never ever they said it was one of the most polite kids they ever met and they've never seen him do anything. And then I talked to I've talked to other people that Yeah, that, that have seen just <laughs> they, absolute it, craziness. It happens it happens just as often at the club races as it does anywhere else. Well and, and don't get me wrong, I'm sure somehow or another this will trickle back to his father and to his mother, and I'm fine with that. Because here's the reality I'm a parent of a thirteen year old and a ten year old. Okay? Either one of my children did something like that once. Well, We'd be leaving that first time. If I brought them a second time and they did it a second time, that'd be the last time they ever came to the RC track with me. End of story. And I honestly, and I'll tell them this to their face if I ever see them, you're the bigger problem. The parents are the big problem oh, here. Oh, yes. And, and I know there was what? somebody that posted saying that, oh, if his mom was there, it would have been, I'm sorry, if he's willing to do that in public around that many people, especially peers, people that he, quote unquote, would look up to. Yep. He's doing that other places, uh-huh. and it don't matter if mom and dad are there. It do, he doesn't care, unless he's that not scared of dad, and he's scared of mom. I I don't know. I haven't maybe 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 at races where his mom's there, he doesn't do it at all. Yeah, I don't, I I don't know. I've never, unless he was at the first MSCS race that was at Gaylord, because um, I know his dad was there with Dakota and a bunch of other guys from down there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember him being there, but then again, he probably would have been like. Four. Yeah, because that's a long that's a while ago. Yeah, that was five, six years ago. Yeah. Um and I remember hearing about that race of Dakota being at. Yeah, that Holy. was that was awesome. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jim was telling me all about it. I I yeah. have I've seen a lot of national races. Seen a lot of the best drivers race and I I've never watched eight scale before though, so I don't know if they all do it or not, but that kid was doing things with his buggy and truggy that at eight scales that I, I don't know how he was doing it. He never he never twists the wheel on it. Oh, Rick's ringing. Call you back. <laughs> <laughs> but we got off subject. Okay, Rick said he'll call us back, so we'll just wait for that. <laughs> Oof. But uh, but he's an example of somebody that Dakota right there is an example of a young man that when he was what twelve won his first national championship, mm-hmm. something like that, and. We're all human, so we're all gonna be. We're all gonna have moments. There's uh, something. <clears throat> something deeper is going on. But um, and I don't yeah. know, because like, I can speak from experience with Dale. Mm-hmm. Dale has got some issues beyond being a disrespectful kid, right? Um, anxiety issues, mm-hmm. and when he gets in that moment, it doesn't like matter. A couple years ago, it was. I don't care if I'm standing right in front of him. Telling him, telling him to stop. He's he gets in that mindset that the world is crashing down, and yeah. And I don't know if maybe something like that's going on or not. Not that that is any kind of an excuse, because but, although Dale has gotten better, he still has those moments. Yeah. Hey, um, hey you're looking at a guy that did well, it not too many years ago. You remember? Yeah. You remember the whole thing? Yeah, well, I remember. The, the world, the world shuts off. There, there's nothing going on and, but, at that moment. The the one time that it got bad, and I don't mean, I mean Dale didn't swear at anybody, didn't kick anybody's car or anything, but he was, he was not in a happy place. Yeah. And I was like, you know what, 
we need we need to go. We need to go home. I I think I remember you leaving on that race. That and was, was kind of like that was it was a points race. We were having a points series. That was probably two three years ago. Three, three years ago. Three years ago. Um, At Casey's, we were having right? a points series. Yeah, and uh, that cost me a lot of points because I had missed one race, and you yeah. can only miss one miss race one, in the yeah. series. And I missed all the mains. I missed. But I was like, you know what? <laughs> we gotta go. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I do I do remember that. It was it was one of those well, he, he did what he had to do as a parent. And and I get it, like his dad's there racing too, and, and his dad has a chassis sponsorship, but <clears throat> I, I did see there's something about sponsors were defending him, but I didn't really see that. I seen oh, Frank you Root you didn't see Ernie's post? No, I didn't see that. Oh I seen Frank Root very quickly step in there and say, No, no, no. He is not sponsored by us. Just uh-huh. so you know, we put his post up because he won at a pretty high level running our chassis. Yep. <laughs> so yep. yeah. Um no Ernie uh so Mr who? Mr. Trinity. Oh okay. Ernie Prevetti. Yeah. Uh made a post on Facebook. I did he did. Um defending their choice to back him and well, that's I'm their own prerogative. They're, they're still they're still working with him to try and get him better. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, and I don't know how many of those sponsors that is he that, lists is that what Sandlot's doing with Mayfield? Or are they <laughs> are they working with? Uh, they just shipped to, yeah, They shipped him a new radio. Like I said, you <laughs> know what? I was there. I lost my mind. And you know, again, no excuse for it. I have ADHD. Uh-huh. I suffer with those anxiety things, those kind of stuff, and things kind of unravel like that for me. Oh, yeah? You know, there's no catching it. Once it kind of gets away from me, yep. that's it. It's gone. Uh-huh. You know, and... Uh, I watched. Yeah. Me and your wife were laughing. <laughs> <sighs> it's not funny, man. I feel really bad about that. But, so I can, I can understand, and, and I'm not going to lie, the reason why I think it meant so much more to me was because there was money on the line. If you finished first in those that series of races because a place had come up and donated a bunch of money to the club... They put it as as a, you know what I mean? And, and I think that's maybe what drove me past that. So I can, like I said, I don't agree with it, but I can see where a racer who has contingency money, and uh-huh. for all we know, five, six, seven thousand dollars possibly to win that race. Yeah. And then something happens that takes you out. Okay, well, eh, eh. it is what it is. And, you know, I don't know. A lot of people are making a big deal about the three wheel thing. As far as I know, there's no rule that says if you're, you lose a wheel. You have to pull off. True. You've never heard of that? Racer etiquette? You should have got okay, it Okay, but yeah. the kid's 10. Yeah. Um, and I do believe, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but <laughs> I do believe that the king of RC, Masami, beat the dirtinator, Brian Kinwald, at a world championship in four-wheel drive with three with wheels. Three wheels. I, I don't 97, know. 98. Yeah, it's somewhere around there. I was like um, 13, 14 or 15, so I was more I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I was more that, about uh, chasing the, tails. The King Masami won a world championship on three wheels. So, you know. Yeah. What, what I've pulled off, yeah. Me too. Um, <laughs> last race at Casey's, I broke my right front wheel off and <laughs> drove it into the boards. right off. And, uh, go. Yeah. Uh, I have parts to fix that issue now. Wait, wait, wait! It's still not fixed. <laughs> no, aren't you? Go- are you going this weekend? Uh, yeah, I just got the parts. Oh, okay. I had to. I had to look. I had to search. Oh no! Search I got for actually, these aluminum inserts for the front of the twenty-two 4.0. I got to ask Casey if he actually ordered those parts for me. Hopefully, <laughs> I found my parts from my good buddy Gary O'Brien in Oklahoma. Oh wow! He owns four hundred five uh, Hobbies and Raceway in Oklahoma City. 
And I searched everywhere I could find, every online hobby supplier I could find, and nobody had these things. Oh, man. Anywhere. And they're discontinued. They're not discontinued. Horizon will not have them until May. Ah. Yeah. So indoor season's over. Um, and TLR did. They made new inserts that are better. They're a little bit thicker plastic and I guess a little bit softer so they won't shatter like these the original ones did. Yeah, cuz I think I seen I think I seen a post on that where it looked like literally like a an like a ring out of that oval yeah. piece just kind of shot out of it. Yep. And uh Frank Root says that the the soft ones are are better. Um but most people are running an aluminum one on the outside um to solve that issue. Okay. But I broke the spindle too. Yeah, you snap the hell out of that. Yeah, I, I will give you that, Joel. When, when, stuff, when you break things, like it's it's a good. If you're gonna break, you yeah. might as well break lots of stuff because you're all done. Yeah. Nobody can say that I don't drive hard and try to win. True. <laughs> I just drive hard because I'm trying to catch up. <laughs> I don't have to worry about the winning part anytime. I was season. in. I'm pretty sure I was in second. Stock buggy A main. When I broke that car. Yeah, you can't even look at the results from the last race as to how well I was driving because I was out for a whole set of qualifiers. Oh, yeah? And then my car wasn't... I kept <laughs> Well, I kept adjusting the, the, the pinion each each set of qualifiers, right? So the car yep. got faster. So, you know, come the end, well, I found the right pinion come the, mod, the last qualifier mod. <laughs> so it's like I hit the A main of mod and everybody goes... How'd you end up in the B of stock with the same car? It's like, uh -huh. it happens to me all the time. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Stock car's faster do, in the mod class than it is in the stock yeah, you class. Yeah, a lot more. Yeah. It's like, how did that happen? Same car. What, you go back to your table, you set it down, look at it, and go, where the hell was that in the last one? Mm -hmm. Come on. like <laughs> That's crazy. Well, I qualified. I barely made the A in stock, and I qualified second in mod. Same car. Yeah, because you switched back to your TLR. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Good decision on my part. I think so. It was already much better. Yeah, when you change the fluid and some shocks and uh, <clears throat> put the same electronics you had in one car and another car and you're half a second lap faster, that's a good change. Yeah. But I wish I could compare how quick I would have been <laughs> with my B5M to what I am with the Yokomo. I'm sure. Like I said, for the Yokomo, it's not that it's like, don't get me wrong, there's a miles of adjustability more than what was ever available on the B5M. But it just feels like I can, I can really lean on the car. Like, I didn't think I could do that with the B5M because it would get a little unruly in corners. Yep. So I knew how I could drive it and it would stick. But this one, I just feel like I can just just go. That's nice when you feel like you can just hammer down. It'll go where you want it to go. Yeah. It's a nice feeling. It is. It really is. I because... lost that feeling for a little while. <laughs> I don't want to go back. Like. <laughs> If, if somebody told me I had to go back, I'd be like, okay, I'm retiring from that kind of racing then. I guess I'm going <laughs> in straight lines, folks. Like, that's it. But, uh, yeah, so let's talk a little bit more about, because here's that featured local racer feature that I've been talking about for, I don't know, probably over a year of doing. <laughs> you know what happens is I get to tracks, like Casey's or whatever, and we're all racing, and I really want to sit down and just, you know, do a quick little interview with somebody, but then it's kind of like, I feel like such a dildo doing this. Well, you don't have a time. Well, it's not that. I'm sure I could find five minutes to do it because really that's all I want to make them is fairly short. Yeah. But it's like, I just feel like such a dork sitting down in front of them <laughs> and putting my phone down saying, okay, so how long have you been doing RC for? So I, I kind of like, 
for whatever reason, sitting here in the, at this desk in front of these microphones is so much easier, <laughs> which makes zero sense. Um, You're in your comfort zone, man. I guess so. Yeah, your my little, little man cave. My little man cave. How tall are you, Joel? You're a little taller than me, aren't you? 5'9". Okay, we're about the same. Yeah, so you're okay. You, you're fairly good. You'll I'm hit your head rack. on that. Yeah, I'm not going to rack my melon on much. And make sure you duck when you go out. Yeah. Another night, you should be good. <laughs> yeah. You but you got a couch. Yeah, a couch. I got two. Like I got a plasma. I know it's a, it's a nice little little work area. That's a complete mm-hmm. disaster. Pay yeah. no attention. Hey, it looks better than mine. I got more workbench space than anybody could shake a stick at, and there's nowhere to work on anything. Yeah, that's the way mine is. Yep. <laughs> I got two tables in my basement. I had to move because my workbench where I usually work at, yeah, there's so much crap back there. <laughs> I just had to start over. I cleaned a spot in the, in the living room in the basement, and put a couple tables out. Yeah, there's no empty spots. My my 22 <laughs> 2.0 is spread from one end to the other. It is completely apart. And you have a cat? I got two cats, but they're upstairs. They don't come downstairs. Oh, okay. Ooh. Yeah, I got to be careful. Like the cower C mat's nice because the things are contained, so they don't mess with stuff. Yep. But if like I'm working on electronics and I don't put a like something over top of it, <laughs> well, there's a good possibility wires will just disappear. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> heat shrink. I'll find every once in a while. I'll leave a piece of heat shrink tubing. I'll find it upstairs, getting ready for work in the morning. And I just look at the one cat going, "You leave my sh- <laughs> like, yeah." But so, how long have you been doing RC, Joel? Because I know you've been doing it for. Probably almost as long as I've been around. I, I entered my very first RC race in Fourth uh, of July, nineteen eighty-eight. Okay, so I was. <laughs> that was okay. I was five. At Ken Ross at the fairgrounds. No, no, eighty-eight. I was almost five. Yeah, like eleven days later, I turned five. Oh. A, a guy that had a hobby shop in Kinross um, had a race, and I found out about it. Me and my buddy went. We just had these little things from this. They were like Radio Shack cars, basically. Right, right. It was fun. I beat them. <laughs> <laughs> that and I didn't race again for a long time. Uh, nineteen ninety-one. Right. Uh, I was in the Air Force. Got stationed in uh, Tinker Air Force Base in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Was in the mall one day. I had a Tamiya Falcon that I had broken the chassis on. Right. And I heard there was a hobby shop in this mall. So I went to the mall, found the hobby shop, ordered the chassis. Um, I don't know. It was like 15 bucks or 20 bucks or something like that. And uh, I asked him, I said, is there any place to race around here? Is anybody? So I didn't know if yeah. people did that or not. Um, and they were like, yeah, there's this place called RCRC of Oklahoma. And it was, they gave me directions on how to get there. So I went from the mall, I went straight there. <laughs> I had nowhere to be. Like any RC racer at heart, it's like, oh, I know where I'm really? going. Yeah. There's a track inside? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and uh, they had an indoor dirt oval with an off-road in the middle. Oh, right on. Um, And I went there, and I'm pretty sure they were closed, <laughs> whatever day that was. But it took me forever to find it because you can drive by on the highway and there was a little strip mall off to the off to the right hand side as you're traveling west. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got off on the exit and I could not figure out how to get there. I drove around for it had to be at least a half hour. <laughs> and uh, I finally drove through this motel parking lot and zigzagged through this stuff and over a curb and found this road and. Over curb, <laughs> yeah. I had a little, I had a little Chevy Cavalier. <laughs> I probably didn't like it, but I couldn't figure out how to get there. Right. And uh, after I got there, I figured out how to get out. This road went yeah. out back, and you had to go by this gentleman's club, and 
make this turn and and uh that was that was how you got there. Well, perfect. But, so if you lose horribly at the racetrack, you just drive up and around the corner of the gentleman's oh, yeah. club and yeah. make up for all your losses. Um or but, lose more. But, right? And I went back uh I think it was on on a Saturday and they were having some big race. Um and I I was there for probably five hours, six hours. Watch. I was there long enough that I left the headlights on on my car. My car was dead when I went in the parking lot to start it to leave. And I had to sit there. I shut the lights off, and I sat there for about five minutes and hit the key, and luckily it started. Um, but they had <laughs> – it was some big dirt oval race, and there was – I mean, the pits probably held 100 people, and they were full. And I mean, there's pan cars, sprint cars, everything. And there, I mean, there was 10 guys in a heat and they were just going. And it was, I thought that was the coolest thing I ever saw. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I went back, uh, the next week, bought a Traxxas Radicator at the track and, uh, went in the parking lot, spray painted the body white, That's threw it on right. the track and started racing. <laughs> And uh, that, that probably wasn't the wisest car to buy, but it was all I could afford. Right. It was very loud, very, very loud, this big old gear diff in it. And Because uh, was that electric back then? Oh, yeah, it was electric. Holy. It was, a, it was an electric buggy, 10-scale electric buggy. It was kind of looked like a sledgehammer, the, right. the chassis, yeah. but with buggy shock towers and shocks and stuff on it. Huh. And I raced that. Oh, for a couple months in the novice class, they made you run oval in the novice class. Okay. And uh, it it was loud and it was slow. And I bought a better motor and it was a little faster. And then I got the bright idea to put a stealth transmission in it from a from an associated. Oh yeah. A stealth transmission had just come out. I kind of had to rig it up for the top brace, and I raced it for about i don't know 10 minutes and i broke the back off of the chassis because it was a one-piece plastic chassis yeah. and the transmission sat on this little thin piece of plastic well i took some lexan and drilled some holes in the chassis and bolted some lexan to it put it back together and i, I raced it for at least a couple months but man did that was that thing fast with that other transmission in it <laughs> it would cook um, so you held it and, back together with some Lexan and oh raced yeah. it like that for a couple months? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I had to replace the Lexan every now and then. But <laughs> once I got the top brace on mm-hmm. and it was secure, I changed the Lexan every now and then. Sheet of Lexan was cheap. Yeah, true. Still is cheap. Um, yeah. Relatively. And then the RC10T came out and uh, the stadium truck craze was on. Yeah. And uh, the oval kind of started dying and the off-road started picking up and uh, i raced down there until i got out the service in like august of 92 i came back to michigan um in the up and there was nothing um, so where did nothing. where were you born here I was like, born in sioux okay yep i wasn't sure i wasn't sure if just like life brought you up here no i was or? born in sioux st well i was born in sioux st marie grew up in pickford okay um, went to the Air Force for four years and came back. All right. And, Makes uh, more sense. A guy working with in 95 happened to be racing RC cars up in Newberry. And I, okay. I was like, really? 
<laughs> I went in the basement, and at that time, when I left Oklahoma, I had got a Traxxas TRX-1 that I had been racing for probably six, eight months. Right. Um, I went to the basement and drug it out, and uh, nothing worked. The batteries were all corroded, and it, it was nasty. <laughs> um, well, I still had the car. The car was fine. Um, I called my buddy uh, down in Oklahoma to find out what in the world everybody was racing. I found a track, and he, told me he was racing a Losi Double X at the time. Right. Um, the first generation Double X. Um, Jeez. And I was like, all right. So I called Tower Hobbies and ordered a Double X and speed controls and motors and batteries and all that stuff and went racing and pretty much been ever since 95. I haven't really quit, but for a couple of years around 2006. And then, of course, Casey got his digs into me again. And, <laughs> and uh, come on down here. Come to a race. Run this Traxxas Slash. What in the heck is a Traxxas Slash? Oh, God, yeah. And they were he was just running oval, and that got me back in. And now I have more stuff than I had before. Oops. Yeah. Isn't that how it works, though? Yeah. But, see, you've been pretty good about it, though. You've kind of stuck to the racing side of the hobby yeah i've never really got into the whole bashing thing i you know what i don't i have moments with it because there are times when i just want to take something out like i had that techno eight scale buggy for a little while yeah like i think i ran one set of packs through it no sorry two sets of packs through it and the one time we went out to the skate park and i just spent like literally five minutes jumping it off one of the half pipe copings and landing it in the grass yeah see i've taken and then i was done i've taken a vehicle to the skate park but it wasn't mine Oh, I well. took my kid's slash. <laughs> I probably would have done the same. We broke the heck out of it, and yeah. parts are cheap for that, and it's not my race vehicle. He has so. a Traxxas, and it's, it's fixable. <laughs> he always, my kids, I always get mad. Can we go ride RC cars outside? No. Yeah. <laughs> Those are for the track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you race it in the dirt. I don't care. Yeah, that's a track still, I know. But like, yeah. Do you know how much those tires cost? I'm, I'm worse than you, though. I won't. Dude, I get... Uh, I can't even, I can't even think about running my cars outside. I just, mm-mm. well, I was talking, my four wheel drive short course truck is the only one I've ever raced around the driveway. Yeah, I could do that with my, um, if I still had mine. But it, it was more, well, the last time I did that, I lit speed control on fire, so. It wasn't a hobby wing, was it? No, it was a Novak. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did that with one of those too. It lit on fire. Well, big, actually, big Mike flames. did that. Mike did that <laughs> with one. It was imp- impressive. There was uh-huh. there was no wire switch left. Nothing. No. All the wires for that were gone. Yep. Yeah. Just yep. disintegrated. It uh, it was quite the fire. I didn't have the body on it. I was just testing it out. I just mm. rebuilt the whole truck. You know the worst part is, I'm pretty sure Novak replaced that speed control for him. He never had the faith in running it again. They replaced mine, and I I never even took the brand new package and I posted it on RC Tech and sold it. I ran it. I actually ran it back when I had my SC10 when we were racing like on this side of the CRC Car Club. Yeah. I had put it in there with, what did I have in that truck? I can't remember what turn of motor. The, I liked the speed. It was smooth. Like Once I got the brakes where I wanted them, it yep. was a smooth speed control. Novax used to be awesome back yeah. in the day. I mean, when Tekken went out, um, I was a Tekken guy until they went out, man. I was, that was a sad day. Mm-hmm. I loved their speed controls. Um, their brush speed controls were awesome. Um, and then I, I got some Novaks 
when Tekken went out, my Tekken slowly, as they died, I replaced them with Novaks. And yeah. So when I got back into it, I figured, oh, Novaks, they're still in it. They ought to still be good. I was wrong. Hit and miss. <laughs> Hit and yeah, miss. they were. Their motors, those the the one motors, the ballistics were really good. I really liked those. Yeah. Oh, I know. Um, Tim loves it. He's still got a couple of them, and they're still... Casey got accused of cheating down at Gaylord once. Really? Um, He had an old Novak, the silver can motors with the little ribs on them. I mean, this thing was old. It was an old 13.5, or was it a 17.5? It was a 17.5, because we were racing stock shore course. Mm-hmm. And he went... he. I put the doggone thing in the truck. You couldn't even, you couldn't adjust the timing on the speed controller or anything. And they said he was running some illegal motor and very changed stuff. I'm like, I put it in there. And I mean, he whooped him. He whooped up on him on, in uh, I don't know if it was mod short course or stock short course. You know what it was? It was the fact that Casey beat them. They were all <laughs> well, upset. <laughs> yeah, probably. But, uh, yeah, was, they, they had good stuff. I, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Um I guess they just couldn't keep up and happens. Technology. I know I know so there fast. was a big setback when they were doing their PC programming stuff and the, the yep. cease and desist letters went out from from Castle and kind of told everybody to you can't do that. Here's a slap on the wrist. <laughs> and Tekin responded with, Well, you're using this patent of ours, so how about uh you just uh go um you know Take a, take a stroll. Go <laughs> yep. the opposite direction. Thanks. We'll go our way. You go your way. Yeah. I, I used the castle. I raced the castle stuff for a little while. Mm-hmm. Their Mama Max Pro. Yeah, I had one of those. It was a decent little speed control. After the second or third time that the little sensor board plug pushed through and Yo, I pushed the sensor Oh, for frig's sake, tell me about it. I was it. like, okay, I'm done. I'm not the only one that did that. <laughs> Dude, I fixed one twice. I took it all apart and got my soldering iron out and, and re-soldered it. Now, knowing that I could have just used a heat gun, it would have flowed the solder. What got me is when <sighs> I sent it in, and it took like two and a half months to get it back because they didn't have any. Oh, and they don't fix them. They throw them in the trash and yeah, they send, send you, you a new one. one. That, that happened to me with Associated when I first got my SC10RS. Yeah. I was out running at Runway Park, and I was out there just tooling around. I had only a 2S in it just going, and all I heard was, <laughs> I'm like, what the hell was that? I drive it over and I look at it, blew the caps off of the friggin' just like, and the worst, the worst part is knowing what I know now about RC, I would have never sent that in a million years back to them. I would have just soldered another cap pack back in on the power wires and been good to go because that's all that it blew. Oh, yeah. Right? But (coughs) not knowing a lot then and not being very confident, sent the whole rigmarole motor and ESC back to them. And by the time they sent it back, I think I ran one race with the motor, but I had gotten the Mama Max Pro from uh, uh, Craig Connolly there. All right. He had come up and sold me one for 40 bucks. Awesome. Can't beat that, right? Yep. Great little speed control. It lasted me, well, I think I finally just threw it away this summer. <laughs> because what did I do? Oh, I know what it was. It was in, I'd put it in my 4x4 uh, buggy because I'd done a couple of speed runs with that with a four and a half turn motor in it. And it was on the, it was on the tailgate of my truck. <laughs> Such an idiot. I pulled a mic. I left the car on. Turned my other car on, mm-hmm. I, and I just went to burp the throttle, and the buggy jumped off the tailgate and landed upside down with the lid on it. And well, because it was already kind of pieced together, speed controlled to begin with, like yeah. it was missing the top part of the case, and it kind of ejected the board and <laughs> ripped the sensor board, like sensor port right off the board. I'm like, yeah, that one's done. It served <laughs> me well. I guess it can go in the dump. So, yeah. 
But uh, yeah, no, man. Like, yeah, you've been doing RC for for a while. Long time. Well, you helped me out with that speed control. I needed a new end soldered on it because it wouldn't use an adapter. The thing would power on no problem. I go to plug in a, a battery through an adapter, it wouldn't work. <laughs> so here's Joel helping me solder, and I'm just going, okay, okay, I'm watching you. I'm watching you. Everybody so. makes fun of me for bringing my Dremel and my soldering iron to the track. I used to drag it always, but then you know what I say to myself? Joel, have it. We're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> From the old days, hardwiring battery packs. Well, yeah, you, you had, had to, to have, have a solder yeah. iron. Yeah. And I used to bring just like one of the, like, pen tip style ones just in case but they take forever to get hot enough to do anything so i'm kind of working on that situation i'm still on the fence i want to buy a new charger for here at the house to do battery maintenance and stuff like that that's kick-ass and i can drag it to the track if i really want to but i've been looking at the high techs that have the The soldering iron iron built in in. yeah yeah because um i know rick's got one saved my butt using well no i had my soldering iron that time i just didn't want to dig it out and then um, Dan's got a Sky RC one that has that. All right. And again, save my butt because I'm pretty yep. sure I used it at one of the. What did I use it for? Oh, to solder in my my fan yep. on my YZ2 when I realized that that I was coming off at like 185 <laughs> <laughs> with the gearing adjusted. I'm like, I might want to yeah put a fan on that. Get a Tekken. You don't have to worry about that. It was. Oh, you don't have to worry about that. It was the new Spec R. Randy said they're good to 200. Yeah, I know. (laughs) You know what's really weird, though? I didn't change the gearing from that time, and I put the fan on it, and it came out down to like 140, but to to just how different the track was at Casey's last race compared to the other one, the car came off of 110, same gearing. Yeah. Like, just crazy how a layout change can change how Uh hot a motor gets or how cool it gets. And I'm still learning this stuff. That's the worst part. Like, I'm constantly learning new stuff. I learn stuff every day. Yeah. It's, you never stop. It's, it's crazy how things change. Well, for you, you've really seen the evolution of cars. Well. And you really have. Like, don't get me wrong, <laughs> I got a gold pan up there in that box. I never had one of those. Really? Nope. I seen one come up at our friends there in Iowa. Um, Tom, the, the hobby shop owner there, he had some come in. And I was kind of over the 4x4 short course situation. And I got rid of it. Yep. You know, it was it was bittersweet because it was like, here goes my first kit that I built and, you know, kind of learned everything with and really got the truck to work well for me. But then I was like, yeah, but I'm going to have a gold pan. <laughs> like, and I didn't know what level of gold pan it was going to be because obviously, like, I wasn't going to tell him, hey, take it apart and check this. So when I got it and started taking it apart, and you know, I'm sending pictures to E-Rich because he's, you know, he knows all yep. that stuff. And he goes, oh, that's not drilled for the stealth chassis. He's like, so that's actually worth a little bit more. <laughs> and, then, and then, of course, it was an A-stamp. So I'm kind of like, whoa, like I ended up with an A-stamp. There's no way. Like I wanted to kind of just buy a replacement chassis or send that one out to get all redone yep. to kind of deal with some of the scar marks on the bottom because it was used, right? Like it, yep. it actually was raced. But then I'm like, nah, that kind of just hits the whole nostalgia of the car, right? Yep. So I figure I'll rebuild it and, you know, put some nice stuff, new stuff on it. And it'll kind of be that... It'll it'll sit up on a shelf, uh-huh. kind of like that one does right now. Yeah, with no wheels on it no at all. Wheels. It couldn't go two mile an hour if it had to. Well, I shouldn't say that. It could probably do about fifteen through the air for about <laughs> thirty feet, and then it hit the ground. That car's fun, dude. Yeah, these new ones are going to be even more fun. These Traxxas based ones. That, that I don't know. That to me is like it's harder I than just... you think. Yeah, but it lasts for three seconds and you're done. Not even. 
Less than two. I mean. Yeah, but then you just turn around, you bring it back, and you do it again. But I can only do that so many times. And I'd get bored. Yeah, I get And then I'd have to do something stupid, and then I'd break it. Well, that's why you got to build one of the short course-based ones. That'll be the last time that chassis will fit in that spot on that, that the banana hammock over there. What is that? It's a Traxxas LCG chassis. Oh. That's the, the foundation. i got to get a bandit. Yeah, with Buggy's the bandit, right? Yeah. Yeah, Casey's going to get me a bandit, and then I'm going to build it from there. He has to have some down there. <sighs> me and him have a situation going on that's going to work quite, I'll tell you about, yeah. it's uh, Sure. If he lets me tell everybody else, I will, but it's a very affordable way to get a slider. Ah. It's a win for him, win for me, oh, and win good. for everybody else if he wants to do it for more people. Well, that's but awesome. then he might just get too many electronics to have to get rid of, to be honest with you. Yeah. But yeah, so you know it's kind of funny and mentioned that you called Tower to order your your car. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Tower, Hobby Co. More or less. Have you seen what happened today? Today, no. Okay, so today Vanquish went and posted about uh, if you are waiting, uh, like if you pre pre ordered or not pre ordered, but like if you're waiting on back order or anything like that to go ahead and get a hold of them, they're dropping Hobby Co. Slash Tower altogether. Wow. Uh, from did from being a distributor for them, they didn't get into why, but it's obviously well, it's obvious why. Well, same reason everybody else is dropping them, they don't pay their bills. STRC <laughs> did not pull any punches when they announced that they were cutting Hobby nope. Co. slash Tower. They actually posted a photo of the um, the invoice, the invoices, yeah, yeah, and how much like some of it was 94 days late, like it's $23,000 yeah. that Hobby Co. owes STRC. So you know, I said it earlier, definitely that's not a good thing for, for the hobby. And and does it suggest that, you know, I think the hobby's growing and getting more popular. Yeah. But is it? Is it really? Because if a place like Hobby Co. is incapable of paying their bills, is it a piss poor management? Well, it's, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, more online retailers. There's more competition. And you got to change your... You got to change your whole strategy just to keep but, up and compete. But with them having th- something like Tower, wouldn't you think that'd be that that a website? People, that website blows a lot of so many. That used to shop at Tower, shop at A Main now. True, I guess that would do it. Um, I mean, look how big A Main's gotten. Yeah, and they're massive. they're their own distributor for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got ProTech mm-hmm. for everything. I mean, did you hear what happened? What? We were talking about them earlier, Mayfield. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Switched to ProTech Servos. Yeah. So, Tesman. Good, good, good. No, he didn't. Tesman only switched over to ProTech Batteries. Oh. He's still with MKS for Servos. I did not. But as the world champion, when you win a world champion with the package that you have, within two months of winning the world champion, you get rid of the electronics manufacturer you were with, and you get rid of the servo manufacturer you were with. We're talking about a guy who smashed his radio over not (laughs) finishing a race. Uh Uh-huh. And I hate to say it, and I'm not trying to take any, you know, shots at ProTech. I ran ProTech servos before MKS. There's a reason why I was still looking for another servo to run. They didn't center worth crap. I had nothing but problems. Now, I know lots of guys run them, and they haven't had these issues. But it doesn't mean the issues just disappear because yep. a bunch of guys don't have them. They're still out there, and there's still guys reporting it happening. Uh-huh. So you're going to go from a servo that didn't let you down in any of your 8-scale or 10-scale programs the last year. Yep. No failures. Uh, 
electronics, no failures. But he it, must know somebody either that or he's gonna. Well, I just guess put a Protex sticker on a it, it, on an MKS servo and run it. Don't get me wrong. The reality is, is this: it's money. He's getting paid more money. Oh yeah. And, and I totally understand that. But at the same time, where's that extra money gonna be? When well, you DNF, he and got you're not that elusive the, championship, though. I, do you think maybe that's what it is? Maybe you think he's ready to wrap it up? Uh, maybe I don't know. Because I know that's the one thing he's always been trying to get mm-hmm. forever. I mean, but he's still freaking. He's still good. He's always been. So I don't think there's there's made it. But who but, knows? You know, maybe that's what it was. There's, right? There's a lot of youngsters coming up. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rivkin, one of his guys he used to mentor. Yep. He got his first championship before Mayfield. Yeah, but um, I think it's the style of racing too. It depends, maybe. But yeah, and a lot of these kids are. I mean, Holy just the kids from Michigan alone. There's three youngsters from Michigan that are gaining speed and and getting better all the time. The the Horn Boys and uh, Drayton Staub. Yep. Those those kids are along with a lot of others. Yeah. They're going to be the future soon, and guys like Cavan Mayfield are going to be the, unfortunately, they're going to be the Kenwalds. Yeah, but, okay, so now speaking of Kenwald, man, you're good at bringing things around. <laughs> I like how you do that. So today I'm doing the scrolling of Facebook, right? Like, what did Matt see on Facebook today? Well, I scroll past this post from LiveRC. Kenwald is back with Trinity and TLR. I, I like that. Now, I, I'm I'm... <laughs> Like, Kinwald's been around forever. 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 And I think, you know, maybe if this is where he takes these last couple of years and this is where he decides to retire from, it's kind of like a full circle kind of situation. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. It's always cool to see what he's going to do with the new TLR stuff, you know, because he's so known for being really, like, outside the box thinking with stuff and changing stuff, and most people go, Yep. Why? Well. And it works. We have the... What tire is that by Proline? <clears throat> I don't know. It's a good like question. The, I don't even know rubber tires anymore, dude. The one we used to race at Casey's all the time. Um, you mean the ones that were really good for like the first couple of runs and then they just disappeared? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I remember I ran them. Hang on. Let me let me look them up because I know I'll find them. Uh, race. Gotta love the internet, right? Do they even make them anymore? I probably, believe so. They're probably going to be like on the fourth page or something like that. Oh, there's the primes. Uh, it wasn't the electrons. No. Uh, hang on, hang on. Oh, really? That first web kind of tire. <sighs> Dirt webs? No. no. Uh, they don't make them anymore because now they replaced them. Whatever they were. He, he cut a damn tire apart. Turned it inside out, glued it back together, and went out and won some race. Really? You're not the first person on this episode to say that that Kinvold would do stuff like that. You know that? Because Rick, I kid you not, said that earlier when yeah, I mean, when I was talking to him. They uh, well, maybe it wasn't on the. I've the, I've cut tires apart and glued them back together, but when the when the double X four first came out, you couldn't get front tires. Right. They were out everywhere. And uh, so you'd order order a pair of, uh, I believe they were called IFMAR studs. Well, we were racing in real off-road dirt tracks at the time. And you cut the middle two rows out, glue them back together, and glue them to your rim. Huh. I did many, many, many sets. 
Everybody told me I was crazy. Those are going to fall apart. Never had one set fall apart. It was these, weren't those? You still haven't found them, have you? No, because they're not on there anymore. It's going to drive me nuts until I know. <laughs> I'll have to find out again. But I, I know which I, one you're talking about because I, I ordered. They were, they were no, they weren't pro lines. I was thinking of G Concepts. Uh, I don't remember. I know what you're talking about. I got though. pins in the middle with the little ziggy zaggy things down the side. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. They're similar to like the AKA uh, typos. Sure. I don't know. I, well, because that's what I ran. I, I don't run those. I did for a while. They were like the barcodes from J Concepts. That's it. The barcodes from J Concepts. They were the same. They were like those. I hated those. Yeah. You know what? I the shouldn't say it. were awesome. They were until about the fourth or fifth run in, and then they just were gone. That's when mine got fast, though. Not on, for me. On the carpet, mine got faster the more they wore down. I got that with the AKAs, but for whatever reason, when I switched to the J Concepts, and I, you know what? I shouldn't even blame the tires. Was it the suburbs? That you were yes. That's it. Okay. That's it. So I shouldn't even say that it was the tires. I think it was maybe the really cold weather that we were dealing with. Like the cold, yeah. how cold it was in the gym that we were racing it, at it on the side. It was cold over here. Yeah, so I think maybe that had a lot to do with it. Because, and I never kept them long enough to see if they did that down at Casey's. Oh, I know why. Because I was running phones down at Casey's because they were allowed down there. Uh, mm-hmm. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. See, by the time you guys, when you guys opened your track. Yeah, I, I ran the, the barcodes. Because their their clay compound was lasted longer. Than yeah. The pro lines. Yeah. On the carpet. Um, and then everybody started running foams down to Casey's, and that was your game guys over. wouldn't let us uh, run them up here. And I was running up here. I was running Panther tires. Yeah. Because that's when I was sponsored by Panther. Mm-hmm. And uh, their blue compound was a harder. A harder clay compound, and that was awesome on the. They didn't wear hardly at all. Alex just finally wore those tires out. <laughs> oh, really? Ra- eh? He's been racing them on in novice class for two years. He's getting good too. It's crazy. I don't want him <laughs> to get any better. It's gonna be Guess, terrible. He he wants to race with us in stock next this week. He probably could. I know a couple people he could beat. <laughs> Not see. He would have beat me on a couple of races because my car didn't finish. Well. Oh, my God. Like, what is going on here? Like, look at all this. Like, we talk for what? Like, okay, here we go. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah. So, what else? What else did I want to talk about? I think we kind of hit almost everything. We talked about the, the tater situation. Talked about the hobby co. Talked about your racing. Yeah. Lots of racing. I don't know. I, I still like the, the whole Kenwald thing coming back to TLR is awesome. Yeah, I kind of I like I that. think that'll be kind of cool to see. Because he's, he's a just a book of information. Yeah. You know, I was listening to, I want to say, it was a Radio Impound podcast. Not too long ago, actually, when they talked to Spencer. And Spencer was talking about, because he collects tools. He's like one of those, and I guess he was talking about uh, a driver or something that Kinwald made that he ended up getting Kinwald to give him. And, you know, he was just talking about him. And you could just tell that Kinwald's always that kind of guy that, you know, tinkers with it and oh, he yeah. changes things and he does stuff. And they're the things they think of to try mm-hmm. is just, and it's not just Tim, it's all of them. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. at that level. But he, what year was it? 90. 
six, I was at the a Norca Nationals. Mm-hmm. You probably never heard of Norca. Nope. <laughs> it was a it was a competing organization with Roar. Right. Okay. Um, and they had national championship in Oklahoma at RCRC. I think it was ninety six. And I was down there. My buddy that I stayed with was sponsored by T, uh, Team Losi. Right. And uh, we stayed at the same hotel as everybody else did. And um, we were down. Uh, Jimmy Babcock turned 21 that year. Holy. And we were we were at the bar getting all hooped up with, with him. Um, <laughs> he, was, he was just getting trashed. Um, and Ken Wald and Hodap were, I think they came down maybe for one, and they went back to their hotel room. And they... They used to stay up till two or three o'clock in the morning, building shots, tinkering and changing stuff, thinking of different things to, to try. And I'm like, Dude, I was passed out at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> You're sitting there building shocks. Yeah, but they that's I mean, but they cleaned up. I mean that was that was back in the era where they they were called the Gold Dust Twins. If one of them didn't win, the other one did. And that's just the way it was for probably two or three years. Really, eh? They're just just killed it. And and the thing is, is that they're so they're so approachable. You can go up and talk to them and ask them questions, and they'll just boop, yeah, spout yeah. off. Um, it's just crazy. You know who was like that for me it was uh, Bubba Boggs when I met him down in uh, Iowa. Yeah, at, at that race down there, <clears throat> dude, like. The guy was such a wealth of information. Like <laughs> I went out there and I ran my four four three, and I come down, and I set it down on the like at my station there. I said to him, "I said, this is what it's doing. This is what I wanted to do." He goes, "Try this, change that, do this." We checked. He told me like set ride height and everything on it, and, and camber and everything. I went out there. I come back. I'm like, that car's never driven like that. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I got so comfortable with the car come the end of the weekend. That's where the picture of the car completely like inverted oh, like yeah. that far off the carpet come from because that was at the end of the you know when you'd come it was a, that 190 that you had to whip around and come i wasn't there you weren't there that was you and mike mike made that one yeah no yeah oh that was the one in wisconsin that you were at anyway so along this front you'd have to do like a 90 right well of course i come into that 90 with as much speed as i could muster <laughs> with that car and i turned the wheel and the car started turning and then realized that oh there's a lot more traction here than you need and yeah, that's a cool picture though. Yeah, I ended up winning a T-shirt out of that picture. <laughs> the Michigan RC Club there. I put it up and I'm like, what the hell? What's the worst that can happen? I don't get any likes. And next thing I'm getting tagged by by Chad there saying, you want a shirt? What's your size? I'm like, well, shit, perfect. <laughs> New shirt, right on. Yeah, I don't know. There's <laughs> something about being part of that group that makes me feel a little dirty inside, but in a good way. I don't know. I think you're crazy. I think it's just like <laughs> you can kind of be that. You can be a guy in that group. Oh yeah. You know, and you can call. You can you can because you, you, you can you. Well, not lead by example, but you can follow the leader. Yeah, exactly. You know, if if, if, <laughs> if Chad's if, a little crazy. Well, or or if you know if anybody kind of posts something that's kind of a little off putting, it's like oh perfect, I can I can do this too. Okay, cool. Uh, yes, that guy is a dick. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's a, there's a few of those out there. Yeah, just a, <laughs> just a just a few, but man, I think we gave him a pretty good show this episode. Cause I think I don't got anything else. Yeah. Just make sure you guys, if you're in the area, in Michigan, near Ithaca, 
Come to the Hardwoods. Oh, yeah. January 19th is Friday, the practice day. And then January 20th is the race day. Again, yours truly is going to be race directing for a majority of it. I apologize in advance to anybody I offend. Too bad. Should have volunteered for it instead. And, uh, yeah, make sure you check it out. Of course, check out Gone Banana Racing Skins. He's on Facebook. Send Rick a message. He is going to be doing speed run foams again, it looks like. He's come up with something he's very confident in sticking. So get a hold of him if you're a speed run guy and you want to start doing that again. Of course, shout out to Tekin for all the support. MKS Servos, Rotor Ron. I'm freaking forgetting all of them. <laughs> uh, okay, hang on. Gone Bananas, Tekin, Rotoron, MKS Servos, Cow RC. Look at my cars. Now I understand why they put cars close to themselves. I think that's it. If I forgot you, I apologize. I still appreciate you. Well, Casey Hobbies and Toys in St. Ignis. Because without Casey ordering me kits and becoming dealers for all the kind of wacky crap that I want, because that's what he does. I ask him, hey, can you get this? He goes, hang on, let me check. He goes, well, I'm going to become a dealer, so yes. <laughs> okay, I didn't need you to do that, but thanks. Cool. Can we get, like, one of these, two of those, and four of these? And then the next thing I know, I go down there, and there's like, oh, you ordered some of those and some of these? Um, I'm going to have to leave now. Why? Because I'm going to spend more money, and my wife will let me. Uh-huh. Or she'll probably lock me out of the house by the time she realizes I spent that much. Don't tell her. <clears throat> we have a joint bank account. I don't have much of a choice. She sees it eventually. It's called PayPal. It still comes out of my bank account. <laughs> or off the credit card. That one can that that one I can hide for a month. <laughs> then, then then in a month it comes back to bite me real quick. Uh-huh. <laughs> then you're sleeping down here on the couch. No, I'll sleep up there on the couch. It's warmer. Uh-huh. Down here's not too bad, but it's nice down here. It can get cold though. When we had that, like, you know, where it was pretty much the same temperature on your side as it is on my side. Yeah. You know, that cold, like the minus. 30 degree yeah. below zero range. <clears throat> yeah. When it gets down there, it starts becoming the same. Uh-huh. Yeah. It gets pretty chilly down here. I'll bet. I got to open up. There's a, there's a vent right over there. I just got to move it to there. and Perfect. Yeah. You can't see it. It's, it's. Um, oh, I'm looking at your little plaques there. Oh, yeah. I know. Somebody else wanted to burn his in a fire. It doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> anyway, thanks, guys, for listening to the MBM Podcast. I appreciate every each and every one of you. Again, if you follow me on Podbean, I appreciate it so much. Um, every time I post a show, I go in there and follow everybody back. So follow for a follow. And, uh, yeah, 173 listens since I posted that show yesterday. Wow. Love it. Awesome. Thanks for the support, guys. Much appreciated. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Later. Say bye. Bye. There you go.
places for everything And I remember the time When you left for Santa Monica Day you tell me it's over. 